Hello, and welcome to The Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Canadian Story. Today, we are joined by my boss, Joel Cassidy. (laughs) Joel Cassidy (laughs) is... Uh, the drummer. What a title! <laughs> he is the drummer for Walk Off the Earth. I've spent almost a decade traveling around the world with him, setting up his drums and doing shows with him. Um, so he does that. He's also a, uh, a songwriter and producer, and has an amazing solo project called uh, Rest Acres, which I was just looking at again today. You uh, you broke two hundred thousand streams know, on the song. Dude, like, Congratulations, that's incredible! Man. Like that's... I can't believe that that like the couple things I've been sitting on for way too long. Like I managed to reach the audience that it did with that. We can get into that later on too if you want to. But yeah, like, I'd love that's to a wild thing. That. You know, dude. You know, I just realized when you said about ten years. So we didn't even mark. The big, the big banner moment of of a decade since since Gautier, which was I believe would have been January fifth of this year. That's ten. That's ten years on, and we didn't even do anything for it. Oh. I thought it came out in twenty twelve. I'm pretty sure oh. it came out in twenty twelve. You know what? You're totally right. My bad. I'm thinking of 2011 as the year that I joined Woe. Good call. So okay, I, I've yeah. been, this is my decade with Woe, but you're totally right. Good call. And let me just add that to the calendar right now so you don't forget <laughs> it next year. So you make sure you do do something so we for don't, it. Yes, yeah. we don't forget it next year. Uh, oh, man. So, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so Joel, um, welcome to the show. Um, great to have you. Um, I would love it if you would just tell us something you love about our wonderful country, Canada. When I think about that question, I think about my brother, for example, has been living in San Francisco for the last decade or so. Um, he's married. He's, he's, he's got his life down there. Um, him and his wife actually recently came up here right around election time down in the States. And I just think about that. And I, I, I guess if I had to boil it down to a word, even though you can never, it's, it's, this is oversimplifying, of course, but I think safety is, is, is something oh, that, that I love you know that. what I mean? Like it's, that's a new one. So, no one said that That before. is a new one. Yeah. So my brother, Jordan, Jordy uh, and Lauren, they came up here. For a couple different reasons. At the time, I think like they live in the Bay Area and there was a lot of fires happening. So it was like there was a couple different things. That plus the kind of violence and civil unrest happening in the States. Enough compounding factors for them to want to uh, uh, come back up up uh, to Canada for a while. But that that kind of thing and obviously, Zach, I mean, you know, getting the chance to travel the world in the ways that we have over the last decade. Um, it's amazing to go out there and see how everybody else does it and, and, and really wind up missing home in the process, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and Canada is by no means perfect. I mean, there's a lot of things. I feel like Canada almost sometimes gets too much credit. Like there are, there are definite problems to be addressed here. I think there are everywhere, but when you have, when you've had a chance to do what we've done and, and, and get a chance to, to touch every continent in the way that we have and really see how, how other cultures work and everything, I just find myself continually over this past year, the amount of times that I've said, or like past year and more, like I am just so glad to be a Canadian and, and whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, whatever side of, you know, whatever your viewpoints are, I feel like the States is scary. Yeah. It's like, I, I get, like it's, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's, we don't want to go that way. That's a bad way to go. Right. It's like, we, we don't want to go down that path. This is I, not I, the way. <laughs> I love the U S and, and the U S is, is, is the superpower of, of, of the world. And if you're in entertainment or you're in any number of industries, you want to be down there uh, a, a good amount. But we're even talking about looking at Austin right now, you know, uh, yep. um, like, like mo- moving down there for the winters and whatnot. Um, but 
it's just so I don't that's know. That's maybe if I the could most ever... Canadian thing anyone's ever said on this podcast. <laughs> well, we'll that? leave for the winters. We'll leave yeah, for yeah, the yeah. winter. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know if I could ever actually make the move down there just because like there's a certain safety and comfort to to being in this country and here i am in toronto which is obviously as, as far as canada goes kind of probably one of the most crime-ridden and, and and dangerous places in the country but even then i feel safe going out for a walk i i know that 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 people like for the most part who who shouldn't be entitled to purchase a firearm or, or obtain a, or have a firearm on them won't have one and 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 i mean that's just one of many things to, to look at but mm-hmm. there's just a certain safety and 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 level of home and i'm sure a lot of people that live in other countries that objectively might be a lot more dangerous than than canada would, would say the same thing because there is that special sentimental uh, value that everyone associates with home but that that's it for me and like i said with, with jordy and lauren coming up here and having a chance to, ch- to chat with them about they literally didn't want to be in the SF area around the election because of the mounting yeah, unrest. The and you see, yeah. like it's the whole thing. I'm like, it's, it's Zach. I, I know, I know you. You and I have, for example, I guess if we if wanted to really boil it down, different political uh, views. But I think the whole sure. thing, and this is something that, like, you know, I, I, I don't know if you guys heard the uh, like the Rogan podcast with Tim Dillon and um, um, Alex Jones mm. talking about like everything has become so extreme. Like, yeah, like, very yeah. much. So. Why do you have to be? on this team or this team like any rational person my hope is anyway is that, is that i feel like any rational person understands and and knows that there are valid points on either side they're just not the ones that are like far right and far left it's like yeah, why yeah. why have things become so extreme in that way right so i think that's all part of it right but it's it's yeah I, I, what, it, what it, on that think? on that on that topic i wanted to highlight something um growing i so i'm i'm conservative uh, that's just how i was raised um and i thought I thought for the longest time, especially around all of the heat around the U.S. election, that I strongly disagreed with like everything that liber- liberals had to offer. Turns out that was wrong. I, I read an awesome book um, by the author Dave Rubin called Don't Burn This Book. And it's about, um, he wrote about the left and what it traditionally represents. And what I realized is that all of the attention in the media is the extreme left. So I, I, whatever I watch on the media is the most extreme elements. And I didn't realize that there's actually a, an entire Philosophy, slew tradition, of, slew, history, yeah, yeah. Of, of liberalism that I am very much behind and very much agree with. And if for anyone who wants to find themselves a little bit more in the center in a crazy left and right world, I highly recommend reading Don't Burn This Book by Dave Rubin because it really taught me that I actually see eye to eye with a lot of liberal philosophies, which really helped me. Yeah, like it's it's I, well, like why do you have to pick a team? Like they're they're I, I get that like when when we when it boils down to like the, the party side of things and the elect- electoral side of things, there needs things do need to fit into a box in a certain sense, and this probably speaks to a lot of other other industries and other other various things where you you do need to kind of have something that's compartmentalized enough for someone to be able to kind of grasp it and buy into it but it's gotten to a point that is just i think driving people so far apart and it's it's like the hope is that people regardless of their differences still want us all to get along yeah and it's, and well it's, and that's, that's kind of the, that's that's kind of the hardest me. thing that's what worries me is that we're in this position right now where they're not it's not only are they not getting along they're being taught to hate one another yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the things I love about music, and this is the question I want to ask you, because uh, this is an experience I've never had. I know you and Zach have, so I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts. Is As entertainers, you guys understand inherently how to produce emotions in people. That's what art is, is producing emotions. It's, it's the mass production of emotion, right? And 
in doing that, you, I'm sure you've seen crowds that are just lost in, in the music that you're playing, right? Lost in that emotion. What do you think it is about... Because I think what, what Trump da, did and what, what seems to be happening in America is the same thing, but when it happens with music, the emotion you're trying to convey is... You're just trying to talk about life. You're observing how a thing feels. It doesn't have the same... But, but in politics, which is what I've done all my life... It, it isn't about observation. It's about ob, obfuscation. It's about creating an illusion, right? It's 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 not a like it's. Well, why don't you say what you're saying about the driver's license song? Uh, I'm sure oh, I'd love to hear. Uh, yeah, so I'm too. sure you know all about driver's license. I was just, um, I was I was talking to David before we hit record about that song and about why I think it resonates so deeply with so many people, and I think the reason. Is, is that it is unbridled emotion. It is just raw, honest um, humanity. And I think people really can latch onto that because we're all human and it, it, it draws out a commonality. And I think, I think that's what you're trying to say. When you draw out emotion in music, it often draws you to a commonality. Whereas in the political world, Division. you're drawing out emotion to divide people and make them pick a side, which is why I like making music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Joel. Yeah, I mean, if it's your point there, I think if if, if politics, like we're, like we're saying here, if we're identifying politics as something that sort of is is necessitating you to choose a side, I think music, you're 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 certainly creating with with your intention in mind, but but what winds up reaching people on the other end of things and the way that they end up relating to your art could be entirely different. You could be yes. writing a breakup song and someone could, it could strike a person in a certain way and bring about a memory in someone that takes them to a totally different place and, and means something totally different to them. But that's, to me, that's one of the, the greatest things about music is that I can write out of need for catharsis to, to want to just like, you know, cleanse my palate of something that I've been going through or, or whatever. And that's a healing process for me to just, just, just in and of itself to create that art and get it out to the world. But then to hear back from people that, that, you know, this, this helped me get through the loss of this person or, or this huge life change or this unexpected life event. That's one of the the biggest things to me that, that really drives me and makes me want to just continue doing this for as long as I can, because it's, it's to hear from people that, that, you know, your music has touched them in the same way that, that, you know, my favorite music has, has inspired me is I can't think of a greater full circle thing, you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's, and, and, and no opinion is wrong in that sense. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I think about politics and I think about, is there any greater losing battle to fight in the world? Imagine Zach, take your job. Imagine you, you know, punching into work every day, going, going to the studio, doing your thing. Someone all day long was like, you're a, you're, you're the worst person shit. in the world. Everything, <laughs> every everything that you do, everything that you employ in in your work is totally wrong. Is offensive. You're the worst person in the world. Burn in hell. Yeah, like, yeah. like no matter how how true and, and and what the reasons are for a given politician being involved in, in in the game, I feel like someone out there, a large amount of people, want to kill them. Yeah, and yeah. that's a tough thing. And I also I also find, for as much as I, I by no means am a political expert, I, I admittedly have sort of over the years kind of shied away from it for this reason. But I feel like it almost seems like it's to the point where the person who currently has office is sort of just trying to, you know, they run their whole campaign on the, the guy before me, the guy or girl before me, completely screwed everything up. So I'm going to fix all that. They, if, if that's the case, they essentially take their whole term to try and to try and change the tide a little bit and by the time things are you know changes starting to be enacted 
they're on their way out. <laughs> yep. And it's yep. And, dude. <laughs> politics is tough, man. You like I, th- I think I think even though it is it is such a polarized place right now, I think um the people who I think there are a lot of good people, hardworking, honest people who work in politics because they want to make a positive difference and they just get shit on. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I, one of the things my dad says that I never forget is he says if we if all we do is demonize politicians, why were we surprised when only demons run for office? Right. For right? sure. It takes yeah. a special kind of person to to be able to just like I mean, even this, I feel like even the most strong-minded person, if you know that that sort of negativity is out there, unless you're at a point where you can surround yourself with yes people, I just, I pictured, I, I can only assume in the Trump White House at the peak of, of all the controversy, the, all the lawsuits, all the everything, like, I, I think I heard something that was, you never know these days, of course, of what's real and what's not, but I heard that someone made a healthy salary essentially just to gather pro-Trump headlines and, 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 and tweets and whatnot and just deliver that <laughs> deliver that on a silver platter with, with his morning newspaper to, to the president because yep. that's I feel like short of that, it's going to get to you at a certain level and that, unless you're a person that is just able to completely... I, I sort of like think about it akin to Carly's brother-in-law, for example, is a 911 dispatcher. And like, I've had long mm. chats with him about like, how do you not, you know, people in that field, people in the medical field, how do you not bring some of those stories home with you? And he's like, you just... You just don't. You just realize yeah. that you, well, there just a, needs to incredible. be this separation there. And I guess that's that's uh, what's what some of these politicians who can just take the punches over and over are. That's where they're at. But damn, man, like it's it takes a special breed, I think, to 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 do that for sure. We need more people with your perspective, Joel. I love this. <laughs> I love this. This is great. Like, and but I want to go back to the emotions conversation because. This is something that I'm not an artist uh, in the way that you guys are. I'm just, a, I love art and I love, I love music. I love books. I love movies. Um, I have a whole podcast about those too. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I want to know what it's like to make it. What, like, I loved what you said where you said, I take something that is going on inside of me and I put it on the page, right? And what that is, is alchemy, right? That's turning lead into gold, Right? <laughs> sure. That's what, that's what it is, right? That's one of many miracles. Yeah, I mean, it just literally the act of creating something from nothing, too, I think is something that I, 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 I never want to want to f- not have a full grasp on the value of because every time that I'm, I'm just, you know, dicking around in, in Ableton and, and trying to make something work and then you f- get that first feeling of something, Zach, I'm sure you have this, like you press spacebar oh, yeah. and the idea just went from potential to, oh shit, this is a real thing now. I am addicted to that feeling and I, I, I want to, like, I, I'll be chasing that, like I said, for the rest of my life because it's the most exciting thing to just like, these days in audio, especially like there's the, the amount of sample packs, the amount of things out there that you that you could theoretically just take X, Y, and Z files from all over the place and put it together and have it feel like something. You can do that, but there's such a difference to me between being able to just throw loops around and actually create something with real intention. And obviously, the, the kicker is is I mean, people that are able to do that just at a production level, a more instrumental level, it's amazing because because there are so many people doing that and using the same sounds these days. But to me, it's like that's why. I always go like like vocals are and lyrics are so important mm-hmm. and and I think this goes back to like like the human element of stuff like even even some of the biggest pop tunes in the world that might be like the most overproduced kind of shiny packaged thing there's obviously some element of those that really speaks to people on a level that's more than just oh this makes me want to dance like there's a certain talking Katy Perry Lady Gaga like there's obviously an element to those whether and it realistically it probably is the vocal but it could be a chord thing it could be any number of things that just takes a person to that place and 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 just hits that sentimentality of people and it just it's it's magical man 
Well, no, no, it's 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 in my opinion, it's a hundred percent the vocal because if you take the vocal out of any one of those Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, course, Taylor Swift songs and put that out, it's not going to do half as well as the the product. The, well, and also you like have. a yes. lot, you guys think of music way differently than someone like me does, right? And I love music. I've been obsessed with it all my life, but I am a huge lyrics and vocals guy. Like that's what I'm into because I don't even know what's happening. I, I feel it. Like I'd hear the drums, but I have no idea. Like I'd like you guys to just very briefly, like for two minutes, talk about Pro Tools again. So people don't realize what goes in to making these this music, but you guys do. This is this is your passion. This is your life. So just two minutes. We won't because you guys I know you can talk about it for like days but like and we do what is it like to when i was watching uh zach do that what was the girl's name that you're gabby doing? gabby he was he was editing gabby's song and there was track after track after track i had no idea that's how it was done and i said right. zach you're building a cathedral people yeah think you, people think you're writing a song you're building a cathedral <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, where to even start on the, in that realm? You're right. I think I think the average like this is something that I deal with with Carly all the time. Actually, she's one of my most trusted set of ears for that reason. I would love and Zach, I'm, you, I know you can back me up on this. I wonder if one day they'll be able to essentially create the Men in Black memory eraser, where like yeah. you'll be able to when you're working on a mix and you're working on a, on, a, on a composition, a production, whatever, for so long, and you haven't we call it demoitis or there's a number oh. of names for it, but where you it's, it becomes absolutely impossible for you to hear it in the same way that that the average listener will for the first time. Not you you hear the you hear the the entire history of it as you're working on it, right? You hear every little element, uh, Dave, like what you're talking about, and there's there's no way to really truly listen to it objectively like that. And and Carly is the best at that. So if I'm working on something and I, I have an idea going i'll let her come in and her like the extent of her commentary will be like yeah that feels really dancey and i love that <laughs> yes like that like, to yes. me that's like that's that's more of a that's more validation than like hearing from another music head that, like like that you know it needs more it needs an eq, EQ boost in this register or, yeah, or, or yeah, you know yeah. try try adding some more low mid weight here like it's it's that's what you're after but obviously it's it's there's a whole path that leads to that and it's that's just kind of how how the average it seems weird to say you know a non-music person would would relate to it but do you uh, I mean, yeah. do you get frustrated with Carly when she has something negative to say? Because I'll often bring like mixes home to Melissa, right? And she'll be like, "Hmm, she feel like I can't like the the vocal feels quiet to me." And it's like I spent literally an hour automating that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate that you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure, there's always that. Like I feel like most of the time, just the kind of person that I am, when Carly will have a, a any sort of uh, a gripe at me. The initial reaction is one of like de- defensiveness. I feel like a lot of people are like that, but then literally ninety nine percent of the time, I th- I think on it and it's it's super valid, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> Carly's you need actually that. You... Carly's actually suggested literally. I would say by now it's pushing ten song suggestions that have turned into woke covers because she's like, you guys should, should check this song out. And I listen to it. And I'm like, mm. and then like, I'll revisit it a couple of days later and be like, this is a banger. Like we ha- absolutely have to do this. So. <laughs> it's a thing. Man. I love that. It's a thing. What is so but, what, so. Because I think that there's this perception of people who just see musicians from the outside that this is a oh they got lucky this is a this is an easy process but I mean the number of people who want to become music stars and the number of people who do it's it's probably the most competitive business in the world I would say not even stars I would say people just literally trying to pay the bills yeah right yeah I mean, yeah I, exactly. I feel like that in pro sports got to be got to be some of the hardest out right I mean I heard Mark Cuban saying recently that he's like no 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 music is like the one like it is the hardest and yeah yeah I think totally man I think when you get a chance to back to, back to your question to your point about the idea of making it and everything you know when I was 
when I first got into into to music when I was younger, like I, my parents kind of pushed me into piano earlier on, which at the time I was kind of like went from when I was like 10, 11, 12 into my kind of like early preteen and into my like teen angst years where I eventually was like, I don't want to do this because my parents want me to do it. And that's what kind of led me as, as like a, as like a rejected thing led me toward actually the electric guitar first and then ultimately to drums. But I think it back to those years and how like I literally just wanted to be Travis Barker and I feel like everybody in our age group basically either wanted to be in Green Day or Blink-182 or Red oh, Chili Peppers so or true. some, so some true. variation of. So yeah. I would just love to, people do these kind of things on YouTube too, like I would love to have a conversation with that with that person. Just just like on one hand, just to talk about like getting a chance to actually do it and go through those motions, but also like with Woad specifically and the ways that we've managed to get involved in projects that, that, that span so far beyond just music first and foremost. And what we're working on right now, we, like, we literally just sold an animated show that we've been trying to get off the ground for the last five years. The fact that that's going to be happening now and there's people that are getting hired that are going to be part of our show and this whole thing. Like if you had told that kid way back that that was going to be some of the stuff I was going to get to do one day. There's no way I would have believed that. Yeah, so, no, so no. To get a chance to, to quote unquote, make it just in its own right is, is, is such a privilege, but to, to get a chance to take that and stretch it out over, over the absolute roller coaster that the last 10 years has been and, and the amount of ups and downs and to get a chance to, to still be standing here, uh, you know, given all, all, all the, all the challenges along the way and still be getting involved in, 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 in a ton of different projects and still have the door being, being knocked down like crazy. And the phone ringing off the hook is, is something that we do not take for granted and that we continue to do whatever, we can to preserve because we know the rarity of that. We know, again, going, getting a chance to go around the world, you see how much talent is out there. Like there are so many more than ever right now. Everyone's got a voice, right? I mean, I think since, since the internet era, it's so cold, uh, uh plat- new, new and exciting platforms, the likes of clubhouse and TikTok these days and stuff like just, just more and more options for people to get, to get noticed. But I think, I think the the sort of barrier of of what deserves to go to the top has still remained. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think as much as yeah, the competition has. has 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 grown, I think what people there's still that part of people that that knows that that gravitates to you know the, the cream still rises to the top, right? And uh, and I think that's a pretty cool thing because literally everybody and their grandma can like pull off a bedroom EP these days. Right, right. You know. So so yeah. what do you think? What what so the the most competitive industry in the world? I think we're all in agreement on that because. Everyone, like, if you don't love music, there's something wrong with you. Like, I've met a the fact that there's go ahead, I've met a few of those people, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, and it's not like it's not like you know, if it's not like I could be like, you know what. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna try and have a, have a hockey career. I'm just gonna switch lanes right. and just go yeah. for it. There is absolutely no, no way. No. But like, like you know, there's no like, there's no like serious physical requirement. There's nothing like that. It's more of like an intellectual thing. It's more of, of how if you can make something and drum something up in your head that 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 people can relate to, that 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 they can reach the masses and touch the masses, or not even the masses, just find that audience. Right. It's it's something that I feel like. You're right, Dave. Like like people, the average person could probably go through go through a, a phase where they're like, you know what. That breakup really hurt. I'm gonna make a lo-fi EP in my bedroom. I'm gonna, right. yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I'm gonna be a star. It's, <laughs> it's the amount of folks, and especially because there are people like literally blowing up on TikTok these days that have no intention of 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 being that musician or whatever, but they'll like spend 20 minutes figuring out some ukulele chords and who knows, and, like make a little rap to it. And next thing you know, like that's that just got 20 million views, and now there's like attention on them. Like it's it is crazy for that. Yeah. But like I said, I think I think every time you see something that just that's that's blown up and that's gone viral and everything. 
there's something to be gleaned from that because like there's a reason why you can't be mad at the audience. Like you can't no, choose your audience. No. You can't be mad at the audience. You can't be mad that people liked a certain thing and made a thing big. And you can't be mad that your thing that you put your blood, sweat and tears into maybe didn't go the distance. You want to, if that's your mentality, you're not going to go very far in this. You want to be always learning and always ready to adapt based on what people are responding to because you, you, you rely, your, your existence is entirely reliant on other people enjoying what you're doing. Right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. wild. <laughs> that is wild. Okay. So both of you, for the audience and for me, because I, I, I love understanding human psychology and thinking through emotions and stuff. You're standing up on the stage. You're gazing out on these massive people who are there just to hear you guys play music. What goes through your head? Usually, in the moment, I feel like if I, if I actually tried to think about it in the moment, I, I would freak out. I feel like I, I completely just ride the wave. And it's like, for me, it's like, I'm kind of an anxious person. Like, like that's part of my, 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 my makeup. Um, so I feel like a lot of that is me beforehand, for example, like, like imagining those what ifs and those are the worst case scenarios and whatever. But like when you're actually in it, it's, it's for me, it's like a total ride the wave situation where it's just like, I don't want to say autopilot, but I feel like it's just kind of like you rely on the practice and the training and the, and, and, and the years and, and the 10,000 plus hours you put into this to know that, that it's all going to be good and that you can, you know, you have those beautiful moments of actually being able to, like I've had moments on tour out on the road in some of these, these amazing venues we've had a chance to play where just like th- things go to slow-mo and you're like, you actually do get a chance to focus on, on the crowd. And like, sometimes there's entire shows where I focused on a few people in the audience and it's so cool to, I feel like when you're on the road and you're, and you're doing kind of what we do, which is kind of the same show every night uh, because of how big our production is and whatnot, you, the variable becomes those audience members and you start to almost kind of look for those people who are, who are, enjoying your what you're doing in a, in a certain way and you really it's it's that's that becomes a fun thing to do just to really kind of focus in on, on certain people like that but to, to answer your question man like literally when nothing is going through your head but 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 just you're just kind of sailing along going with the flow and you're just kind of in it that's that's when things are working the best for me um zach i think i think um what people don't necessarily understand or appreciate about live music, especially I I will say this when you're working for a band like walk off the earth, um, the amount of details and little factors and moments you have to hit there. It's like, I used to, when we were doing shows, um, pre COVID, I would, you know, we'd go into rehearsal and we would, you know, figure out a set list and then we'd start working through it and like we'd have to figure out you know who needs what guitar at what time and what needs to happen to make the show happen and I would have pages and pages and pages like in Microsoft Word of show cues and so I think the I think the perception is like you get to go up on stage and it's the most awesome thing which it is like I'm not taking that away from anyone but um at least for me it's hard not to get caught up in just having to focus in all of the little details. I feel like in some ways I wish I could go back and do all of those shows again, but like worry less <laughs> because right. it's, it's a, it's a high and to, for those, are, for the, for the people who have seen the band, the, the show is incredibly coordinated. It's incredibly thought out. And, um, in order to pull that off, you have to be mentally engaged with the tasks at all times and uh, that's, again, it's not to take away from how grand the experience is, because when you walk out, especially those European festivals, those European festivals, when you walk out onto a stage in front of 60, 80,000 people, it's like, that, that's something that pulls you out and you take a moment and you go, 
holy shit. Wow. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it's, I find, I find when I, when I do shows, I mean, I, I'm not overly anxious, but I do, especially before you get going, I'm on edge before every show. Just I was just thinking about say, all of the things that could potentially go wrong. <laughs> before, before tour tight kicks in, sweet, sweet oh, tour yeah. tight, where just like things are literally, they are, they are, they do go to autopilot. Like you, yes. what you just said, Zach, when we did Pink Pop and we started the tour at Pink Pop in the oh Netherlands, 60,000 people on the main stage. <laughs> right. and, I'm, and I'm out there literally like like seconds before we go on, like fixing stuff in Ableton, but like right before we, we hit yep. it. Yep. Those are the moments that, that really test you. But it's, it's I miss, I miss two tight it's been over a year since we've been on the road man like that's that's what you look forward to uh with a show like ours i think in general but of course like with the amount of details like you're saying that you need to think about whether in, in your position or in mine uh with with your role in in the show that we put, we're putting together here it's a lot it's a lot and it's easy to get overwhelmed with um um and we've had moments over the years that have certainly tested that but oh yeah <laughs> i mean hey it's been it's been a trip it's been a ride man and hopefully it's not hopefully the live touring side of things isn't isn't over i mean we've yeah, we've we've had a crazy moment over this last year to realize, believe it or not, that like it, there are certain elements of of woke that are actually doing better than they have in a long time because we I don't think we really realized until we realized until we had a, a, a we were forced to realize that we'd been prioritizing live touring potentially over a lot of the a lot of the things that helped us build the platform that we have that helped us build that global platform, which of course was internet, right? We, we, we go on the road, we reach thousands, right? We, we, we make videos at home. We reach hundreds of thousands, millions, sometimes billions, right? It's, it's, that's, that's the, the, the differentiation there. And I think to have that moment where, where we love, we, there's no, no greater feeling. And, and we've all learned through this pandemic that there's no replacing the feeling of being part of a live performance, whether as an audience member or, or as a person on stage, but holy shit, has it been a moment for us to realize that, you know, for example, the amount of opportunities that are that are that are coming coming down the pipe for us uh, with respect to you know branding deals and, and and corporate relationship stuff and like I said, new opportunities like this animated show and other things like that. Like it's these are things that sure they probably could would have come along in, in in a similar way while we were touring two hundred days a year or whatever. But it's it's been different and it's and I, and I will say as well, you know, having a chance literally for the first time in my adult life to have a, ru a routine, as insane as that sounds, I have never, <laughs> right. since I dropped out of music school and this band took off, I have never known what the next few weeks look like, for example, right. literally, right. literally, right. ever. So to have a chance to know that like, I'm probably going to go to bed around this time and be up at this time is it like, and be able to actually start structuring my day has actually helped me a lot when it comes to goals that I have, for example, for my, my solo music and like other things that I'm trying to accomplish in life, uh, apart from walk off the earth, it's helped huge in that way. And Carly, for example, who comes from the corporate world has really helped me with that as far as, as far as developing, you know, actionable goals and, 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 and calendarizing everything and making, making lists of everything. It's these, these are things that never came naturally to me because I had no reason for them to, to, to be a part of my life. And now I do. And it's been a huge change that I think for myself, and I certainly don't want to speak for Gia or Sarah, but I know there's there's other elements of this pandemic and the way that, that our world has changed through this that I think have taught us great lessons. And I think you're hearing a lot of that right now as, as far as people who have had these grand realizations through this that that are things that they actually don't, everyone's saying when things go back to normal, I don't want certain things to go back to normal in the way that they were because I've, I've had a chance to reflect on those now and I feel like I'm, I'm that much more self-aware and aware of the world around me and 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 in a better spot in, in all ways uh, right now. And I, that wouldn't have been possible without this what is what is objectively a very awful thing, which is the irony of it happening. I mean, yeah. if, if you're if you're well, a person who's, who's fortunate enough you to need not off sometimes sorry sorry go ahead. Oh good. I was just saying if if you're a person who's fortunate enough to not have had someone 
have COVID and die who close to you. It's, it's, this is something that has been pretty powerful in other ways for a lot of people. And of course, I mean, it's, it's horrible that there are people who are still uh, losing their lives to this and people losing loved ones. Um, but the hope is that the silver lining in this has, has shown itself in, in, in a variety of ways to people and is, and is allowing people to kind of move forward. Whatever, whatever state the world returns to us in uh, will allow people to kind of keep some element of this, keep some lesson of this in their back pocket or in the front pocket moving forward, right? Absolutely. I, c- I couldn't agree more. I, I, can't even, I can't even say anything more clear than that. And, I, and what I've found personally through all of this is that suffering is important. So you're right. There's a lot of bad things that have happened. But unless you've suffered and learned, you're never really going to, like you said, like you're never going to wake up. Hundred percent. That's that's a huge point to make, man. I mean, it's it's when you're when you're a person. Like I'll, I'll speak candidly for my own self. Like when you, I've I lost my mom and my bandmate a week apart. You know, like like late twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen was one of the was easily not one of was the worst stretch of my life. And to try and to be reeling from that and to be and to be to become this person where you're trying to tell, you know, you're living in these cliches, all those cliches you hear about, like live every moment. Like it's your last, like you never know. Nothing's promised. Tomorrow isn't promised. You're trying to be that person. And you're, I was so fired up about it, trying to kind of instill that in other people. You don't, I feel like there's a part of me that was expecting that back from other people, but like until that person goes through that and actually feels the punch of that, feels the punch in the gut of that, they can only relate so far, right? You, yeah, you, you do need yeah. to you do need to feel that pain. And there's a lot, I mean, music is a great topic to discuss this on because there are songs that I would never have made in my life had I not gone through shit to get there. There, I guarantee you there are a lot more people who have made great art from heartbreak or upset than they have from from super super happy vibes all day long i right? think i think that is art is transmuting suffering into it's 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 alchemy it's turning lead into gold yes i don't think i've ever written a happy song <laughs> exactly <laughs> well right <laughs> it's a thing man and yeah. even like it's also such a thing that like songs that I, i'm not gonna be able to think of a good example of course in the moment right now but like there's so many songs out there that feel upbeat and feel so happy and make you feel happy but then the lyrical content is like so dark and so <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it's so sinister yeah. and you're it's it's a funny juxtaposition that I, I think is yet another amazing element of music and just just something that always keeps you guessing and, and keeps you engaged as a as a as a lover of music so um speaking of music and writing music um you started i'm not sure how long ago maybe a year ago well i mean you've been working on it for a long time but you you finally started putting out this um project of yours, Rest Acres, and yeah. one of your songs, On My Mind, just hit 200,000 streams on Spotify, which is incredible. Um, I'm Crazy. so happy for you. Uh, tell us about that journey and combining that with, you know, Walk Off and fitting yeah. both in and your reasons for creating your own music. Just like, mm. tell us about it, man. Yeah. So like when I back to going way back to like when I first fell out of love with music school, for example, like it's, it's, I, I showed up to music school and was excited to go to music school because that was where my life led me. Like it's if you're getting serious about music and you're a young and you're a young person, my upbringing led me directly toward like a Humber College where I went, right? But then I think to to, to get in there and actually for it to become a, a real thing and and to start getting graded on your creativity and to start to have a rubric applied to your art. I mean, obviously this is just my opinion on this stuff, but the idea of art school is a very interesting thing because some of the most celebrated artists out there are people who did the polar opposite of that, who mm-hmm. completely broke the rules and disregarded the rules and and were able to to reach a large group of people just like them in that process. So for whatever number of reasons like that, 
it didn't really work out. And, and around the time that I started falling out of love with really what is by and large a jazz school, um, I got really deep into the likes of, there's a guy out of the UK named James Blake, who at the time, I, no one really could even knew that he was this amazing singer, which people know him as now, but uh, his his first few EPs were very kind of production rich. And that was basically when I got into Ableton. I got into a guy from the UK as well called, called Subtract and like bands like Ratatad. I mean, t- tons of stuff that were that were really kind of merging elements of live music and elements of, of, of production music and, and electronic music together really kind of lit the fire in me. Um, so that was kind of the, my introduction to to, to that whole world. Fast forward to me getting a chance to go on the road with a local uh, Toronto singer-songwriter, getting a chance to go and see Europe. I mean, it was a, it was a very uh, DIY-type tour, but it was the answer for me that, that, that music school wasn't answering at the time as far as this is what I want to be doing. I want to be out in the weeds really, really doing it, not just studying it and getting a mark on it kind of thing. Um, so that that was a big, big moment as well. But that kind of led directly to me going back home and then getting in touch with G and joining Wot. Um, so here, here's what a good problem to have, right? I mean, here's here's me, me starting to get <laughs> yes. into electronic music and being like, oh, I want to be this producer guy and beat maker guy. But then Wot, I've just joined Wot because of course, and because I still I, I love playing the drums and that's that's in a lot of ways my first love still and everything, right? So I'm here's Wot starting to do its thing. Here's Wot a year after I joined, blowing up and completely taking over all of our lives in a way that we we could not have expected. And realistically, it's been it's been that way ever since you know since that since that day. Um, but it's never the love for electronic music has never left, and the love for for wanting to create sounds and 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 make things that people haven't heard before and, and give people what they want to hear in a way that they aren't expecting, I guess is, a, is maybe a neat way to put it. One of my favorite producers, Flume, that's his whole thing. He wants to give people familiar harmony because there's only so many notes on the piano. You're not going to invent a new note. You're not going to invent a new chord, but you can. the way that you can present that chord to people with the texture, with the with the the sound that you use to give that to them can be done in a way that probably hasn't been done before. And I love that. And that's another thing that I, I you know, similar to the idea of making something from nothing and starting to feel a demo come together or whatever. That's another thing I'm addicted to is the idea of just trying to combine things that, that shouldn't be combined or, or, or stretch effects in certain ways that shouldn't be, that's, that's not right. That, that, that a school environment would tell you is not the way to go. That's more and more. I find myself wanting to, to do those things and break those rules because I think at this point I have read the rule book enough to know, to know what rules I, I, I want to break sort of thing. So I guess long story short to that end, something that's always quietly been there the whole time, but of course, for all the obvious reasons, us being literally, like I was saying about never having a week free, even the moments I feel like over the years where Wot has been home, your mind is still in transit because it's like, you know that it's only a couple days at home until you're off to the next thing. So even those days at home, you try and I've always been a person who's had a hard time being mind, you know, I've gotten a lot better at it, but just being mindful and being able to take, take a, a free moment for what it is and not, not be mentally onto the next kind of thing. Right. So to have a moment uh, uh, last year where things slowed down and to have a moment where I had m- more time than I have in my entire adult life to just like chip away at some of these ideas and really kind of like put the time in that I, that I needed to, to really figure it out. And I still am. I'm working on a new, a new one with our friend Kiara Young right now. Um, oh, nice. I'm still figuring it out and I'm still finding the sound there, but I can't tell you how rewarding it is to to just get a chance to work on this thing that is that to me is, is, is the truest expression of myself and and is something that uh, like boat has been has has made every dream in, in that 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 young person to me uh, ever wanted come true, um, but I think in the interest of always wanting to grow and always wanting to to continue rising and, and continue learning and, and all that good stuff, this is a big part of of me that I, I want to continue to develop because I'm learning about myself in the process and 
to get a chance to to finally work up the courage to release this stuff, knowing that I'm part of this this huge international band that like really like no one had any reason to care about what the drummer from Woe was going to be dropping in his little kind of like EDM leaning project. <laughs> right, but right, next thing but... you know, like it's it, it's hitting the stuff's hitting all these major Spotify playlists, and I'm getting hit up from people all over the planet who don't even know what Walk Off the Earth is. I want check this out. What do you guys think? I mean, this is probably more of a Zach question. What do you think, the, at a percentage level, the amount of people that follow my Joel Cassidy Instagram also follow Rest Acres? Basically, the amount of people, that's by and large Wote fans, right? How, how much carryover do you think there is from my Joel Cassidy Instagram to my Rest Acres Instagram? This is, this is cheating because we've actually had this conversation. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> and you, you told me that it is surprisingly low. So it's how like 2.5%. Two oh, that's which, insanely low. Which is which is so wild and it and has been such a, an interesting process for me. It was such a moment to, to realize that like, this is something where I feel like in certain ways, I almost think about it like it's this like little kind of secret life I have that, that like, <laughs> yeah, that people, right. like it, it clearly is so aesthetically different from, from, from what, what people expect from me and what that it's, it's not hitting that same audience. But I think it's so neat to be, like I said, getting messages from, from, 22 year olds in in Rome in like in in Asia and saying like I, I love this stuff when, when when's more going to be happening who have no idea that I'm part of this huge band that and and kind of what my what my day job is you know what I mean so it's like it's it's been ama- it's been hilarious for that and we're talking I've had three releases right and I've I've it's been a few months and it's such a blessing that Wode is as busy as we are and it'll it'll continue to be my first priority as as long as we're able to keep this uh, this ship afloat but I've had a chance over the last little bit to get back into working on some Restakers demos and I'm super excited to 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 get that stuff rolling again it's it's so encouraging to be hearing from people I basically haven't done anything in like, pushing 6 months and and I can I regularly hear from people being like what's going on what's coming up next do you want to collab <laughs> you know, we I need more that. we I need give that. us some give us some exactly so it's like it's it's I'm so grateful for for all that and it's it's back to the discussion of of the amount of people out there who who have been trying and grinding forever and for whatever combination of reasons may never get that chance to to find that audience for me to to find the the level of audience that i have so quickly here is to me it just says keep it keep it keep it going because i know like i said before this is something that i just don't think you, i i don't ever want to take for granted if i'm so fortunate to take rest takers to a level that i'm touring it or i'm i'm whatever right i mean use your imagination the the, the greatest things the, the the most sales the, the the biggest looks i don't want to ever lose the ability to appreciate that as a as a person who who never in a million years thought it would happen for me I loved what you said earlier that I just want to draw out for the audience, and then I guess we're going to have to close her down because i got to jump on another call. But I love, I absolutely love what you said where you were like, in the interest of growth, right? This is, this is a man who has achieved the pinnacle of his career, right? Like, this is like, you know, this is like becoming prime minister for, in, in politics, right? You, you, you're in a globally famous rock band, and you're like, no. I want more. <laughs> I love that. You're greedy. <laughs> I think they're and, I think and because so many people stop, right? They get to a certain point in life, and I'm not most people stop way, 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 like impossibly lower than where you are right now. And they're just like, this is good enough. And I don't want to say that that's bad. It can be good if that's what you want from life. If 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 what you're looking for is, you know, a, a quieter, more a simpler life, but for the ambitious people out there, and I, I'm, I would tend to believe that our audience is probably fairly ambitious. Listen closely to what Joel said. In the interest of growth, 
I think what you just said there too, Dave, is, is, a, is a huge point. Like it's, it's, if it's what, it's what you want. If you're a person that kn- knowing what you want is I think one of the biggest gifts you could ever ask for, because for example, like the, like, I don't know. Did you guys have careers class in high school kind of thing, right? Like yeah. it's, it's the idea of trying to make that decision quick. Like the amount of friends that I had, I decided to take a year off after, after high school, the amount of buddies I had who just felt that pressure to push, to, to make the decision to go into something who then halfway through that first year dropped out and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what my passion is. Am I even a passionate person? Do I even have passions right. or things, yeah. things wow. that I'm good yeah. at? To yeah. be a person that knows what you want and whether that is, I want to, I want a home life. I want to, I want to have a family life. I, I want that to be my focus or I want to go out there and, and continue to reach more and more people with my art, as long as you know what you're after, I think that's one of the biggest gifts you could have. And, and, and if you are a person that's so lucky to have that, of course you want to keep building on that because you feel so fortunate that that you're you're a person that has been so so lucky to know what, what the universe is driving you towards and know yes, what, 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 yes. what most fulfills you and, and where your passions lie. Ah, oh, I love that. I thank you, Joel. This has been of course, man. one of my favorites so far. Hey. I, I loved because I love art, and I live with our other cousin, who is also a musician, and so we're always talking about. Uh, oh, I do have one last question. Your thoughts on Leonard Cohen? Don't know anywhere near enough about him. I just I know that he's an absolute legend. Uh, it's I don't I I wish I'm gonna go now and do like a Leonard Cohen deep dive. I don't <laughs> good, know. good good. I, I, he's I my, like because you know what I've been telling people. I'm like we don't sing the praises of our our greatest people in Canada well enough. Like. Even even your your band, this is a glo- you're, you're getting bigger shows in every other country probably than your own country. Yeah, right. Yeah, accurate. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. <laughs> you guys should be filling Rogers Stadium, right? And like <laughs> Canadians should be like, this is these are our peeps, right? Yeah. And so that's why I started bringing up Leonard, Leonard Cohen so much. I don't know if he's the greatest musician, but he's he's definitely Canada's greatest poet. I was just gonna say that, like it's it's for as much as as the music side of things is incredible. He like his his poetry, I think, is what is what really to have so much. That's genius to have so much going on in another realm like that. Although it is such a crossover, of course, songwriting and poetry they are they are really one and the same. But to be so legitimate in, in those two separate fields is, is is an incredible thing. And he's, I mean, I feel like he he in you know posthumously is getting the credit that 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 he deserves but i think you're right as well it's like canada we churn out a disproportionate amount of of talent per capita and again back to the topic of us getting a chance to go around the world like zach how many times have we been in the middle of germany or somewhere random turkey bulgaria and it's like oh yeah i'm from burlington or i'm from like you know somewhere somewhere in canada and it's like man canada we've done a hell of a job at reaching the, the, the far corners of the earth and, and really just kind of making our mark globally. And it's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, it's we need incredible. to celebrate it. We need to celebrate it more. So totally. hopefully this is a, in our own little small way, a way of celebrating the arts that you've poured your blood, sweat, and tears into. And everyone, you should listen to both of his bands. Walk and, Off the Earth and Rest Acres. And, re- and more than that, you know, remember, music is what brings us together. 100%. Absolutely, brother. Well, Joel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you uh, you taking an hour to come on our podcast. Um, I miss you, buddy. I'm looking forward to doing a show again. I miss. Uh, I, I actually I miss... literally need to give you a call after this because I was just talking to G, and we have uh, a whole new slew of live stream things that we're probably going to need you for. I mean, I miss you reminding me to turn your fan on. So that's great news. <laughs> I was as I was like thinking about like doing this today. I was like, how many of my some of my my most memorable 
things that I've ever done have been preceded by me being being nervous as fuck and being like, Zach, is my fan on? <laughs> every show, every show. Before I, taking the I, I stage hope. at the likes of like Red Rocks, Wembley, all these like all these absolute legendary venues, they I have like a vivid flashbulb memory of, of being anxious <laughs> that my fan may or may not be on, and that being like like. It, r- Involving way more attention than it needs to, as far as being part of my process for, for <laughs> doing the show. <laughs> I hope you don't mind things, me bringing right? it up, but uh, Joel sweats profusely. So before, literally every single show I've ever done for Joel, before the show, before he goes on stage, he asks me if I've turned his fan on, <laughs> and like twice the answer has been no. <laughs> and we've done hundreds of shows. <laughs> it's just part of that. It's it's that nervous thing that's just part of that little t- the checklist in my in my head. What a funny thing, man! It is <laughs> I funny. Love it. I well, love thanks it. again, Joel. I love you, buddy. I miss you. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Um, All right, yeah. bro. Thanks so we'll much, guys. Soon. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The CAD Story. That's The CAD Story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is.